Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. So we're going to get into the word this morning. And uh, I just, I thank God for the opportunity. Again, as I said earlier, I thank God for the opportunity to come together. And uh, tonight, uh, in fact, I'm going to be doing a two-part series this morning and tonight. So if you want to catch the second half, you have to come tonight at 7 o'clock and uh, we'll finish that up tonight. But um, this, uh, this past month and a bit, we've been, uh, uh, on Wednesday nights, we've been going through a series. And there was one passage, and it was, it was all about Christmas. Uh, as we read through uh, chapters uh, and went, touched on different things in chapters 1 and 2 of Luke and also of Matthew. Uh, regarding the the Christmas story, and the one passage that stuck out so much is found in Luke chapter two, verse fourteen, and it says, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." This is what the heavenly host was singing two thousand years ago. 2,000 years ago. It started off with just that one single angel getting the attention of the shepherds that were on the hills. I uh, happened to catch yesterday a sh just a short uh, video clip on YouTube of the hill and the hills most likely where those shepherds were. And so there, there was shots and video footage of the sheep on this hill. And, um, but this statement of glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men by the shepherd or by the angels to the shepherds really touched me. And this, this uh, morning and tonight, I just want to do a series, short two-part series on glorifying him. And... Uh, Praise God. Praise God for his message to us. So if you have your Bibles, uh, just quickly, uh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to uh, look at that passage. And I just want to touch on a few things uh, as we go through this passage. It's from verse 8, Luke 2, verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. So here are the, these Guys are out on the hill, on the hills, watching over the, the sheep. And uh, I heard an interesting thing. This was also from this individual that was saying, this is the hill. These are the hills where most likely the shepherds were. And he made an interesting comment. He says, these sheep that were there on that night when the angels came, were most likely sheep that were being prepared for sacrifice. Never thought of that before. There were sacrifices that were going on in the temple and would have been going on in the temple at the time of Jesus' birth. And so these sheep, there is a good chance that they were being prepared for sacrifice. And it, 
it suddenly dawned on me, if that was, is the case and was the case, it makes perfect sense why the angels would come to these shepherds, why they would get their attention to go and see the Lamb of God that had come, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. And here, 2,000 years ago, in the coming of Jesus Christ, it was about him being with us to be fully God and be fully man, even in his birth. Jesus always existed. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. But there is a point where he did come in the flesh, and he was on the planet, and he was amongst us for 33 years. His name, Jesus Christ, means Jehovah is salvation. He is the Lamb of God. John the Baptist says of Jesus, John 1.29 says, The next day, John... This is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. He always existed. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. Now, as John the Baptist saw Jesus... At that time, Jesus would have been around 30 years of age. And so here now, going back 30 years in time, the angels say, or this angel appears before these shepherds on a hill. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Not just Savior, but who is Christ, the Anointed One, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I always thought I, focus, I would focus in on the second part. And over the years, it didn't hit me until this year, truly, glory to God in the highest. We need to glorify him in who we are. We need to glorify him. If we desire, if we desire to have peace in our 
hearts and in our lives, glorify him. If you want goodwill, if you want the will of God in your life, glorify him in who you are. This is how we have benefits from the Lord to give glory to God in the highest so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger, just as the angels had said. Hallelujah. In glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, there needs to be a change of mind and direction. There needs to be a change of mind and direction. In fact, to glory to God, this word glory, and I, I really focused on, in on this the last four Wednesdays, this word doxa in the Greek is glory, doxa. It has to do with opinion and opinion. Opinion is an evaluation that you make of something, of someone. It's your opinion that you come to as you recognize God. And here it is saying, doxa, to God in the highest. He is above all things. Whether you believe that or know that or not, he is. If you want to have peace in your life, if you want to have his will done in your life, that there would be a glorifying of him in who you are. So there needs to be, perhaps, in our heart and in our mind, a course correction. Even as believers, if you're here this morning or you're watching online, I want to say to you, let there be a glorifying of God in your life. And if it needs to have, if there needs to be a course correction, make that, that correction today. I, I just want to take a little bit of time in that. Another part of this word glory in the New Testament always has to do with a good opinion concerning one resulting in praise, honor, and glory. Thing about praise, there's a verbal aspect to praise. There's also a within, this aspect of within our heart, within our being. To give praise, I can do it in sincerity or I can do it with, hey, good job. Did a great job. You ever have somebody just say, hey, you did a great job, and you knew that they didn't mean what they said? They're just going through the motions. I want to say to you that from our heart within our being that there would be a praise that goes up to him. That there would be this aspect of, of honor. Honor is an attitude. It's an attitude we have. Lord, that I would glorify you in my attitude. See, we can go through the motions of that as well with somebody, we can speak things to them and we can show reverence or honor because of their position or whatnot, but within our heart, within our mind, within our being, it's like, you know what, this, this guy's a doofus. I, you know what, I don't really care about this person. 
But, you know, we just, we put on that facade and we go through the motions and there is no heart or attitude of honor in it at all. And God is saying, let there be, or this word doxa means that there would be an honoring of God. There would be a glorifying of God and exalting of God. There needs to be a course correction, perhaps, in our lives, if that's not where we're at. This thing of turning, a repentance. It's interesting that give glory to God in the Old Testament has to, it's an, it's an Hebrew idiom or f- a phrase, a saying, give glory to God, that has to do with recognizing your position before God and confessing your sins. That's interesting. Is this thing of, if I'm going to give glory to God, I need to examine myself and I need to make some changes in my life regarding my actions, my thoughts, my speech, my emotions, my attitudes that may be sinful. So when we give glory to God, we're looking at ourselves, we're examining ourselves. Will I give glory to God? Can I give glory to God? Are there things in my life that do not bring glory to God that need to change? We're talking about glorifying Him. How can we glorify Him? And so we look at ourselves, we examine ourselves, and there's this thing of confession of sin. Now listen, for those that are here, if there's anybody here that is, is a... You just came to church. Hey, this is a good day to come to church. Let me just say, any day is a good day to come to church. And it's good to have you here. I want you to listen carefully. And for for believers out there as well, my brothers and sisters, that maybe you're not in the right place with your heart. You're not in the right place with your actions. You're not in the right place with your motivations. Let there be a course correction. This thing of repentance. Repentance repentance is a 180. I do a 180. I'm heading in this direction, and I change. I need to head in the opposite direction. There's a 180 that's being done. In fact, it is necessary for coming into the kingdom of God. You want to live for eternity? Do you want to have God to be a part of your life now? To guide you and direct you? Jesus said, and this is just after John the Baptist was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee, and he began his ministry preaching the the gospel or good news of the kingdom of God. I oftentimes use this passage in giving keys to an individual to come to Jesus Christ. It says... And this is what he says, and I love it because there's this one-two step, if you would, so simple. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent, make that course correction turn, and believe in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, I want to make an illustration of the containers, the vessels that you have in your very own house. How many of you here at Christmas time may be pulling out 
uh, your, your very special china or Christmas uh, utensils and bowls and cups. Is there anybody that's doing special? Okay, a few of you. Some of you are just saying, hey, it's going to be a special day whether I have nice china or, or, or things or not. But it's interesting that sometimes we take out the vessels that we may take out the containers that we have. And so there's an illustration regarding the container that we are, that's that who we are. And this is found in 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. This is how the foundation of God should be in our lives. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Yeah. It's interesting, the word iniquity, it could mean transgression, it could be, mean sin, but it also has a broader uh, connotation. Sometimes we, that's not a common word, iniquity. But iniquity also has to do with the unrighteousness of heart and life. The unrighteousness of heart and life. And some of it may be with because of sin that has already transpired. We have sinned. Or it could be also the tendencies that we have within our heart to commit sin. The weaknesses that we may have towards a certain thing. So some of us I think all of us have iniquity within us or this tendency to do things that are not right. Sometimes nobody else knows it because it's not done verbally. It's not done by our actions, but it is done by what's within us. And this is the iniquity that the Lord is saying here or this passage is talking about. It talks about the Lord knows those who are his. He knows if you are his or not. And it says, let everyone who names the name of Christ, that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord, whoever names his name as Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ, depart from iniquity. These things would be cleared out of my, my heart. Do you ever... Do you ever get to a place, I'll tell you, I get to that place when I get angry. I don't know, I know you guys don't get angry, right? It says, be angry and sin not. Do you know that you can get angry and not sin? Which means you have to watch what's coming out of your mouth, your actions, and also what's in your heart. Be angry and sin not. But there's so many times where I can get angry and I may sin because of what comes out of my mouth. Or maybe it doesn't come out of my mouth, but it's in my heart, it's in my mind. The thoughts that I have, Lord, forgive me. It does talk about that passage, be angry and sin not. It talks about the fact that if, if we are not careful... We give a foothold for the devil. We allow him to have a foothold. 
some may be a foot in the door or it may be a spot to stand on very close to us to influence us. And here, this thing of iniquity that it would be removed from us. So now we go into this illustration in 2 Timothy 2 about vessels. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. So some of these vessels, a lot of times we think, well, the ones for honor are the vessels of gold and silver, but not necessarily. The wood and the clay vessels also can be vessels of honor. And likewise, the vessels that are of gold, silver, wood, and clay could be used for dishonor. It can be used for dishonor. Let me give you an example. So this last weekend was way. Missed you all, Julie and I. But we did have a, a good time. And uh, it was it was a time of, of just rest, refreshing. But it's interesting, on the, on the, underneath the, uh, the cupboards, there were these glasses. Now, I, 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 hey, I'm not one in every culture, let me just say this, every culture, every ethnicity, has a, a tendency towards alcohol. They have alcohol. It doesn't matter whether you're German of German descent. Man, they make some amazing different alcoholic beverages. Whatever culture you're in, it's interesting that the word says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. What Satan would give you is this aspect of, hey, let me give you a different spirit we should not be drinking strong drinks. Just for your information, a strong drink is considered anything in the Jewish culture, biblically, anything that's over 2% alcohol. We'd say, well, that's nothing. But all of that to say, and I, I, this is sometimes why sermons get a little bit longer. Let me get back on track. These mugs or these glasses, they were, they were wine glasses. And so there was this taking of wine glasses and just using it as a container to drink, not an alcoholic beverage, but just to drink whatever, juice, pop, soda, whatever, club soda, water. So it was used for honor, not dishonor. So these vessels... Now, now, Paul, as he writes to Timothy, swings it over to what the vessel is. We are those vessels. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, that being of dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work, is where the master is saying, ah, you are in a place, I want to use you. The glass is not dirty, it is... Clean. It is clean. How many of you would use a cup or whatever that is dirty, 
if it's your own, you might say, yeah, I don't have a problem using that glass throughout the day, whatever. But if there was a cup that was dirty and whatever, it's like, oh, do I really want to drink from this, this vessel? I want to drink from this. I don't want to use it. It needs to be cleaned up before it can be used. And the Lord is saying, listen, let there be a cleansing. And the, the cleansing and the way we cleanse is, and this is to glorify God, prepared for every good work. Lord, use me. I want to glorify you. So this thing of, of confession, it's amazing. Uh, it talks about there being a change in our lives as we recognize the only, what should I say, agent, cleansing agent for sin or for iniquity. There's only one cleansing agent. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is why Satan would, would have, especially churches, do not talk about the cross. Do not talk about who Jesus is and what he did for us. We don't want to offend anybody. Don't talk about sin because they don't want to talk about the solution, perhaps. I don't know. So we just don't talk about it. I'm talking about it today because... Our lives should glorify him. If there are things that need to be cleansed in our life, let them be cleansed, whatever it may be. Lord, I want you to use me. I'll tell you right now, there are times where we are so convicted in ministry because there are issues in our life that need to be taken care of to the point where we say, you know what, I'm not going to minister because I know there's something in my life that's not right. And so there's a need to have these things cleansed of. In 1 John 1, 9, or, verse 7, or actually verse 7, it talks about the fact that it is the blood that is the cleansing agent. And the way that we can have that cleansing take place is when we confess our sins. As simple as that. And not just to anybody, not to me. You don't confess your sin to me. And I have, I've had people make an, an account, say, this is what I've done. And I says, we, sh we should confess our faults one to another. But listen, I'm not the one that can cleanse you of your sins. It is Jesus and his blood. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to make the vessel clean. Lord, let my life glorify you and who I am. Let there be a cleansing within me. Let there be a taking care of, the, of the, the sins in my life. Hallelujah. This second step that is mentioned in Mark 1.15, it talks about repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance is great. There's a lot of people uh, in, a, in the next week will be making New Year's resolutions. This is what I'm determining to do. There's a repenting of something to correct something in your life. And how long does that often work? Not very long. But there's nothing that can take care of our, our not just our direction, but our making it to God. It is through faith in the gospel. You might say, well, what is the gospel? What does gospel mean? It means good news. But let me just give you in a nutshell what the gospel is. In a nutshell. So you always know, I'm gonna, I have to be in the right direction, 
heading in the right direction. I need to take care of the things of, and repent, but I also need to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in a nutshell, it is Jesus Christ and him crucified for me. That's what I believe. That's my foundation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To believe, not just in anything. Everybody believes in something, but do we believe in Jesus Christ for our salvation? For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. You believe in Jesus Christ. Not, I'm not talking about knowing about him. I am talking about believing in him for salvation, for your sins. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. Don't believe that Jesus can take care of my sins. You're already condemned. This is where this course direction of repentance and believing in the gospel, I grab a hold of it so that I can head and make it to an eternity with God and also to an amazing life already on this side of heaven. I'm not saying you won't have problems or issues or storms, trials and tribulations and temptations, whatever. You will still have those things, but now you are not alone. You are with God. He is with you. He's in you. It says, and this is the condemnation. Here's the condemnation. Listen to what the condemnation is. That the light has come into the world, okay, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. How true is that? And does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. So it's like, I'm going to go out of the light as long as I'm in the shadow. I'm in the, I'm in the darkness. I don't see my state and neither does anybody else. Because it's not in a good thing. If I, if I come into the light and I look at myself and say, oh my goodness, it's not good. But you know what? I don't want to let go. So I'm going to, the condemnation is I just go back into the darkness and I miss the light. I miss life. I miss getting things right. So everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, Jesus, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. Yep, I recognize where I'm at. Man, I need to clean these things up in my life. That his deeds may be clearly seen. Let my deeds be clearly seen that they have been done in God in this thing of truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now I'm in the light. And yes, Jesus, I confess my sins. I'm a sinner. And I believe in the gospel. I believe in you. You died for me. You died for me. I want life in you. My faith is in you. I love what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 4. Listen to this. This is so good. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive with Christ by grace you have been saved. We couldn't warrant it. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't 
We couldn't even have ourselves cleansed without Jesus' death on the cross for us. And that's why he came 2,000 years ago. And so there's this thing of us being made alive together with Christ. By grace have been saved. It's the grace of God to you and to me as we grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. And he raised us up together. Like we're not alone. It's, we're together with God. And he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, because of Christ Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation, the Lamb of God that was slain for us, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The last number of months, I've, I've done a number of funerals. What a hope there is when our faith is in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. These shepherds were going to see the Lamb within 70 years of the time of Jesus' birth, 70 A.D. The temple was destroyed by the Romans that came in and they totally took everything down. Some of those blocks, just found out the other week, some of those blocks that were thrown, like we're talking like huge, are still at the bottom of the, of the, the wall that was all around. It was more like a platform because the, the temple was built on a hill. They basically made a big box and they filled in the box. And then they put everything on it because it was a hill. It's hard to build on a hill. You can go to, to Jerusalem now. You can see the big box that was filled. And there's another temple on that, that area where the temple, Herod's temple was. And some of these stones are still laying there 2,000 years later because they're just so humongous and so heavy. The guy was saying, these are, these are the blocks that came down from the, from the temple. He's sitting on them. Hallelujah. They came to see the last lamb. The one that would take care of all the hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of animals that were sacrificed when the priests were doing their job according to the Old Testament, Exodus and Leviticus, word given by, by God, because it was all pointing to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And here we are, 2,000 years I, later, and I thank God that we celebrate, we recognize Christmas, and I know it's become very secularized, but we recognize we... we we have Christmas now, and we are here in the house of the Lord to glorify him, to recognize that he came so that we can have life. For by grace you have been saved through faith, what you believe in, let it be Jesus Christ and him crucified, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. This thing of grace and, and of salvation is a gift of God. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast and say, you know, it was because of me. I'm such a great person. That's how I make it to heaven. I'm a good person. You might have heard that. Are you going to heaven? Yep. I'm a good person. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before time even began, God knew that you would exist, and he said, this is my plan for you. How cool is that? Lord, let my life glorify you. Let my life glorify you. Jesus needs to be first in our life, not just our Savior, but our Lord. It is critical. Do you know that there are over 150 mentions of Jesus Christ, our Lord, or our Lord Jesus Christ, just in the New Testament? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus needs to be first in your life. So it says, glory to God in the highest. He is highest in my life. He is above all in my life. He is first in my life. I surrender and I submit to his lordship. He is Lord in my life. He is seated on the throne of my life. I haven't arrived yet. But Jesus, you are Lord in my life. This is what I need. Not just a savior, but I need a Lord. Because man, can I mess it up. I haven't arrived yet. Jesus, be Lord in my life. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. As Jesus is not just your Savior, but as your Lord, let him give you that abundance of life, overcoming Satan. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. It says in Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, what they spoke. Say, well, what testimony? What can I say about the Lamb of God? I was saved by the blood of the Lamb. I am being saved by the blood of the Lamb. And I will be saved by the blood of the Lamb. And we overcome Satan. We're not just talking his minions. We're talking Satan and all of his hordes are overcome by the blood of the Lamb. In his death, he was victorious. I say praise God for your death. Regarding death, 1 Corinthians 15, listen, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Our efforts and our flesh and blood, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption, things that are cor corroding and, and wicked and evil, can they inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, that means it will never, there will be nothing of sin anymore in us. And this mortal that caused mortality has to do with I'm going to die. But when this mortal has put on immortality, I'm going to live forever, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? There is no victory over us because of Jesus Christ. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 
We break the law. We broke the law. We try to keep the law, and we cannot. And the strength of sin is in even the law of God. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, listen, through our Lord Jesus Christ. You might say, I don't have victory. I'll tell you, you don't have victory because Jesus is not Lord in your life. There's something that you're hanging on to that Jesus is not Lord over. Let Jesus be Lord in your life. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul ends off this chapter 15. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, that includes sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Lord, let my life glorify you. I would glorify you and who I am. You might say, well, to what extent? How does this all begin? Jesus, you be my Lord. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world. This world is contrary. Even our flesh is contrary. This, that's why he's saying a living sacrifice. Lord, I surrender myself to you that I would be able as I come before him to be that living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service, is the least that we can do. Lord, I give myself to you. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Go ahead. Have your way. Cleanse me. Wash me. Change me. Make me. Mold me. Fashion me. Let me be that vessel. You say, I want to use you, Dave. I haven't arrived yet. The Lord is saying, I want to use you. He's saying to you, I want to use you. And even as there's a transformation that takes place, listen to this next verse. Do not be conformed to this world. Be like this world. But be transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. What do you believe in? Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Lord Jesus Christ. The one that died for me and the one that I make Lord in my life. Hallelujah. So this renewing of my mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards all men. And God is saying that is for you today. Let him be glorified. Let him be the one that is the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Lord, you are Lord of my life. I lift you up. I exalt you in my life. And the shepherds, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They went out wherever they, they could, and they, they told about the angels they told about what was said. They told about the going and seeing this babe, this baby in the manger. 
who is the Savior, the Lord. And it says, and those and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. We need to glorify him in who we are. You might say, what can I do? Let me just say this. If you give your life to Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, there are two gifts given to you, one or the other or both. Two gifts given to every single person that is a believer. Listen to what they are. It's Christmas time. Say, oh, I didn't know I had those gifts. Yeah, you do. Or one of them or both of them. I would say most of us, all of us, have both of them. But the end of all things is at hand. How true is that? Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. 1 Peter 4, 7, or uh, chapter 4, verse 7. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray without giving any names. Hadn't came to this church a number of years back. I baptized them. Can God forgive the worst thing? Say, what's the worst? Taking of a life? Can God forgive? This individual, spiritually, guys, he's going to be incarcerated without parole for years. Spiritually, he's in the best place he's ever been in his life, and I hear it in his voice. Last week when I was in court, there was no argument. I am guilty. I am guilty. And as the things were read by the, the prosecution, the, the, the horrificness of it, it was everything was in the open. I'm guilty. I am guilty. And yet the Lord forgives as we humble ourselves before Him and we confess our sins, even those things that there are extreme punishment for, the Lord forgives. And the interactions that I've had with Him for the last year and a half, all from prison, I get this call. Will you accept this call? Yes, I'm going to accept this call. And there's this aspect of the forgiveness of the Lord and the life that we can have. And even here, there's things. He says, I, I, I don't know, but he says, I'm almost at that place. He says, I, man, I read the word and I'm getting to a place. He says, I want to. He says, oh, I want to be like you and, and sharing Christ with others. I said, you can do that already now. You, can, you share Christ with others. Where you're at, you share Christ with others. Because there has been a gift given to each and all and everyone. Truly, I believe they're both. It says here, be hospital to love will cover a multitude of sins. Even this thing of, of, of murder. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, each one of you have received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. God's given you this gift, use it. I'm going to be a good manager of it. For goodness sake, use the gifts that God has given you. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. How many of you speak? We all speak. 
let us be oracles of God. The things that, that need to be shared of God, for goodness sake, let us share them with others. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. To whom belong the doxa and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let it be. Jesus, that you would be glorified in me, in us. Let us glorify him in who we are with the gifts that every one of us have been, have been given. You might say, I, I, I'm not much of a speaker. Can I just say this? I'm told that there is a way to increase the spreading of the word. There are over 350 messages online already, video messages in the last, since March of 2020, when we went online, over 350. Should you hear a service here, it will be recorded, it's being recorded right now, and it's going to be going out, or it's available to go out. May I ask you to... If you're using, especially YouTube, I use YouTube because I can speed it up. Top right-hand corner, three little dots, speed up. And I'm a slow talker, so even at two times speed, half the, the length of time you can listen to the service again, or you can share it. I want you to subscribe to Lighthouse Niagara for the sake of sharing the word, the message with other people. Subscribe and like. This is the part that, yeah, to like. Why? You might say, why? Like, one of our messages, I'll tell you how much it, it, it there was a time where there, there was a few messages given, and we're talking about being oracles of God. You say, hey, I can spread this to somebody else. I can share it with somebody else. In just a few days, it had gone from just here, and it was up to around five or 600 views just in a few days. And it was like there was something that, that cut off from it expanding and going. One of the, the, the messages that I, I talk uh, or have one of the most popular ones has 5,300 views. I, I just say, thank you, Lord. And that's just a small amount. But if you like, you subscribe and you like, let there be the oracles of God being spoken. LighthouseNiagara.com, either on the website or on YouTube. If we get shut down on YouTube, we'll, we'll go somewhere else where the word can go out. The Lord has allowed this technology for this day and this age so that this stuff can go right into places that are closed to the gospel. They can't shut down the, the internet or they're able to get the internet and people are getting saved left and right in lands of persecution that we can't go in. So we can share that word. I thank God for our the technology. I thank God for, for the, all those that are part of the tech team. One of the, one of the larger ministries in the church are those that are involved in being oracles of God by using our technology. Why? That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be, be, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word needs to get out. Secondly, you know what? The ministry, may I just say this, 
And can we stand together? If I could have the worship team just come as we close out. It says, the phrase or the saying, the idiom is, a picture is worth a thousand words. You ever hear that? A picture is worth a thousand words. How much is an action worth? How much is an action worth? Your ministry to others. I want to I say thank you, not just for those that are on the tech team that are here to make things run. But I want to thank those that are just willing to do everyday things. It's just you blessing somebody else in the, the word that is spoken through your ministry. I want to thank all of you that the guys, on Wednesday night I made another call saying, oh man, I need, I need some more guys to help out with the move. I had, I think, four extra guys on Wednesday night say, right, we're going to help with the move on Thursday. I thought, okay, I had scheduled for from 10 o'clock to start the move to go till about 3 or 4 in the afternoon because we were picking up from one place and we are going across from St. Catharines to Fort Erie. We were done loading everything up, and on our way from St. Catharines to Fort Erie and unloading, and we were all done at 12.30 in two and a half hours. We're talking a 26-foot truck filled. And what a testimony that is to the person that we're helping, to the family that we're helping. The things that we can do, ministry, that Jesus Christ is glorified in us, the little things that we can do. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, I close with this. You are the light of the world. As a believer, you are a light in this darkness. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. You don't cover up a, a lamp, a light, a candle, and put it under a basket, but rather... You put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah. Lord, that they would see our good works that maybe are done to them and glorify our Father in heaven. Just say, oh man. What an, these people seem a little bit strange. I'm going to glorify, but they're glorifying God. I'm, man, what an awesome God that they have. Hallelujah. I just want to pray a prayer that will go right into a second prayer. The first one being an invitation. If you're at a place where you're, you know what, I need to make a course correction. Or maybe you're here and you just say, you know what, my life has been apart from God. I know about Jesus Christ, but it's been apart. I want to give you an opportunity to do three things. One, confess your sin to the Lord. Secondly, believe on what he did for you on the cross, his body broken, his blood shed, so that we can have forgiveness of sins and have life as we receive him. Those that receive, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name. So I'm going to allow you to do those three things as I, I just invite you to pray with me. In fact, can I have all of you just pray at least this first part together, believer and unbeliever, for the sake of maybe one person that doesn't know the Lord here this morning. Can we pray together? Jesus, 
Thank you for coming. You came for one reason. To give me the opportunity to have life abundantly and eternally. I confess that I have sinned. But you took care of all of my sins. My sin was put upon you 2,000 years ago. And you died for me. I believe that with all my heart. You were buried and you rose again. And you are seated on the throne on the right hand of the Father. And I invite you to come into my life so that I can be born of God. So I can be in right standing with God as my faith continues in you. The Lamb of God slain for me. I put you on the throne of my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for each and every one here. Lord, I just pray at this time, let there be a powerful working done in every life here. Those that may be listening online, Lord, those that might listen down the road. Lord, let there be a powerful work done in their lives. A transformation that would take place of new birth in you. And Lord, I pray that they would know even as I am born of God through Jesus Christ, my faith in Jesus Christ and receiving him, Lord, they, they would know that there are gifts given to be oracles of God and to be ministers of God, to minister to others. Lord, with the supply of the Holy Spirit, the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in our lives, let it be in Jesus' name that you would receive all the glory, receive all the glory in my life, in our lives. I just pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.